1: Hi, I'm Tane. And I'm Ade, and this is Alter Call, a Married at First Sight podcast.
0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode, Season 17, Episode 8. Hi, Ade. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. And you are great. You sound great. I mean, that's not why I'm great.
1: Um... My general congestion is just how I live, but you know, it was a good day.
0: <laughs> that's good, that's good. Can you believe that Christmas is around the corner, your birthday's around the corner, exciting times ahead. Are you excited?
1: I love the month of December. It's my birthday, <laughs> it's Christmas, it's those two things together. I I that I'm generally in a good mood until January first.
0: So are you one of those who is fine having, it's not so close to Christmas, but who's fine having a birthday in the holiday season? It's like being born with a birthmark.
1: There's just nothing you can do about it. No, I know That's not the case to get can... used to it. I think I've just accepted it at this point. It's an annoying time to have a birthday, but like, I mean, it's been 30 something years. I'm just kind of used to it by now.
0: Okay. Yeah. But that's what I, I mean, yeah, you, there's nothing you can do about it. I just generally mean like thoughts on it because, um, I joke with my husband where I'm like, Oh, when we have kids, I don't want it to be in January. I don't want it to be in December. I don't want it to be around my birthday. (laughs) I don't want it around. And he's like, what is wrong with you? But I'm just like, I just always thought that it would like, you know, suck a little bit of the fun, but some people are like, Oh, it's double the gifts, double the fun. So I just didn't know where you stood in that direction it's it's not double the gifts and it's not double the fun people finally
1: (laughs) have learned don't do a joint gift but I'm also at a stage in life where I'm like I don't really need a gift um it's more the like the scheduling like when I was growing up or like in college your birthday is always around finals like mine was always finals week It's inconvenient. And then as an adult, it's like, oh, I want to have a party, but people have Christmas stuff to do. So you feel like you're competing with like the Christmas events. So, yeah.
0: Thank you for ammunition (laughs) that I'm going to present my case. But, you know.
1: (laughs) But it's also kind of funny because I have a lot of family. My whole family's birthdays is November, December and January, with a couple of exceptions. Um, I just sent my cousin a birthday card because her birthday is like three days after mine. So (laughs) I feel like I'm not in it by myself, I guess, is the way I feel. Like, I'm like, oh, I have like a whole bunch. I have another friend who has my exact same birthday. So I just with the company. As I get older, I do enjoy the people who I share my December birthday woes with.
0: (laughs) I mean, I was just curious, but I want to be like you when I grow up. Like I want all the gifts. I like gifts. Give it to me.
1: I like gifts, but I can barely think of what to buy other people. So it's a struggle to be to come up with what I want. And then some mm. of the things I want at this stage are, like, real expensive. Yeah. <laughs> so then I'm like, oh, that's not a good gift. That's something that I need to just buy myself. Like, I want a $500,000 vacuum cleaner. I like, a vacuum. a
0: old. I'm old. Did you say a $500,000 vacuum cleaner? No, a
1: five dollars <laughs> Oh, oh, the I Dyson was like, one! Uh, I keep on looking at it. Like I think I need that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, such is life. Gift, um, gift giving used to be my love, my top love language for the longest time. Actually, still was the last time um, I did it, but I think it's kind of switched to words of affirmation. But yeah. All right. Do we have anything to update the people on? Don't forget
1: to check out our Sister Wives episodes on Patreon. We just did one. When they wrap up the tell-all, we'll do another one. When they do Christine's wedding special, we'll try to do another one then too. Mm -hmm. But check it out. It's all on Patreon. And then every week, or almost every week, we will also have After Party on Patreon, our summary. So feel free to go to our Patreon and check it out. And just as a reminder for the Patreon levels, the $3 level is commercial-free listening of the regular episodes, the $5 level is bonus episodes, and the $10 level is both. And you get the episodes early on the $10 level. So yeah, feel free to check out Patreon if you're interested in any of those benefits.
0: All right, back to our people. How are we feeling about this week's episode, Aid? Things are slowing down.
1: I, I think we're supposed to be excited that they're back in Denver, but it just, it was a bit blah. But things happened. What about you? What'd you think?
0: Did you watch Real Housewives of Dallas?
1: Yeah, some of it. Not all. The last
0: season I did. Okay. When Leanne, which was still, well, maybe it's not Leanne, whatever that lady's name was, she says, I'm exhausted. I'm so exhausted. I feel drained and I'm not even part of them. So I understand what you're saying. I do feel like the episode was a lull. It was kind of like blah compared to everything else where it's been so exciting. But also, I feel exhausted. I just feel like it's like an emotional roller coaster. And also, I don't think any of these people are going to make it. I mean, Becca and Austin, but honestly, it's not looking good. They're down to three. <laughs> It just feels (laughs) like,
1: how do we get here so quickly to where we're in danger of literally having one couple, one viable couple?
0: I just, we were just talking about how, you know, the experts did a good job. These people are getting along. There's so much chemistry. Everyone was talking about the future. And today was just like, no, 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 not today. (laughs) It was just so bad. I think our cast members are built different. I, I just, man, if only there was a way to gauge, you just got to get on the show and try your damnedest and hardest. I, I don't know what they think it is, but oh well. I feel like Claire and Cameron are actually doing a great job of exemplifying, getting
1: on, and just trying.
0: You know, they are, but it's just still so awkward. It's <laughs> very know. painful. <laughs> Very, Very painful. painful. <laughs> but then it begs, it begs the question, did you even try, like, or what? But let's get into the episode. So we pick up
1: where we left off kind of last week. People are just standing around, getting ready to miss their <laughs> flight, waiting for Orion and Lord.
0: <laughs> I'm like, how early were they going on this flight? Because they're still here.
1: And then it seems very awkward. You see people standing around with luggage. Um, In an interview, Emily is talking about moving in together and how the honeymoon's been great, but she's looking forward to seeing their lives merge together. Then Lauren joins the group of people standing around with luggage. And Claire is like, how is she? And she says, I've been better if she's being honest. And Claire's like, I love that you're being honest. And then in her interview, Claire is like, Lauren's not wearing her ring. But then Orion shows up and he's wearing his ring. And Claire and Cameron have like a jinx moment, which was like, I'll take any cuteness I can get from the two of them. (laughs) So it seems like they were not standing around getting ready to leave. I mean, that was part of it. But apparently they were supposed to stand around with their luggage and talk about moving in together. But we know what just
0: happened with Lauren and Orion. And it's really freaking awkward. (laughs) It is. It's just... The tension was a lot when Lauren and Orion arrived it was just like oh this is just this is bad
1: they're doing like a round robin of like what we're going to do when we move in together and Claire asks Orion and Lauren and Lauren says I don't know we're having we're having irreconcilable differences and Orion's like no I was like why are you you lying again?" again he says that we're just dealing with topics that we've never really dealt with so we can get murky and Lauren says they have different perspectives of what happened. So that was just, <laughs> yeah.
0: And she has to control how she says it because this man is going to tell her she went from zero to 100. So
1: we see Lauren in an interview sit down and she's like, I've given him grace, he hasn't given it to me. It feels up and down. And she can't keep up with all of this because the honeymoon was a lot. They make it
0: to the airport on time, it appears. <laughs> And... Well, I'm I'm glad they did because I'm thinking like they're short on time because they've been waiting all this time and someone arrives with what I think is mimosas. And I'm like, wait, okay. So there's a lot of time <laughs> to go to the airport, but I did notice that it looks like Cameron didn't get a tan during the whole stay. He still seemed pretty pale. And I only noticed because he was standing beside Claire and once again, Cameron's arm is around her and she still seems like, frozen she's not returning like the whole arm holding or anything so i don't know if they're making progress but they say they are baby steps the thing about claire and cameron is that
1: i saw that as clear progress i'm like you guys are in the airport no one feels like they're being run away from you good (laughs) (laughs) um so we see different like plane selfie cams Becca and Austin say they're looking forward to getting out of the humidity and going back to Colorado where it's dry. I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> they get back. Everybody's going to their apartment. Um, Orion and Lauren go to their apartment. This man is holding two pizzas, and Lauren has a yes. Telfar
0: bag. That's the only thing I noticed. Um- <laughs> I just noticed the pizza. I was like, how did they have time to get pizza? But I think eventually I noticed maybe they all placed their DoorDash orders or something, and they got it. Because they all had like different fast foods eventually. I think Emily and somebody had Shake Shack.
1: Becca they sure did. They sure did. Um, I really liked Lawrence Telfar. There was a whole Washington Post article about Telfars today. And it was a bit much for a bag. But I, I, I'm starting to think I might want one. Um, there's a gift idea. Um, <laughs> there you go. Um, Becca and Austin... Have a talk about how she's anti-TV in the bedroom. Tane, what do you think of a TV in the bedroom?
0: You're asking me? Yeah. Yes. Yes. I watch so much TV. There's a TV in every room in my house. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm pro it.
1: (laughs) I'm actually, I have one in my room, but I could do without it. Um...
0: Yeah, I can't do without one. I need a TV.
1: Emily and Brennan are in their apartment walking around. She tries so hard to be in a good mood. She's like, this is a clean bed and we just need to add stuff to the decor. And there are a few things missing here. Some cleaning supplies, some laundry supplies. She's making plans for the future. And uh, he talks about how he's excited too. They talk about (laughs) living together. They talk about like, oh, you have to talk about what's bothering you. And, you know if we're angry, you know, we can leave this place, but it's better if we actually just stay here and work things out. So then he asked if she's going to work here and she's like, yeah. And he's like, yeah, if I have a morning call, I'll take it here. Then I'll make breakfast. Then I'll head to my house so I'm not in traffic. And then he goes, oh, I want to go back home, tidy up, this work week is crazy. And like do a few days before I move in. So she says, yeah, but she's clearly like, her, her bo- mouth is saying yes. Her body is saying no.
0: Yeah. I wish she didn't agree because I was like, where the heck did that come from? And he, I mean, he already seemed distant from the moment they stepped into the place and she was doing all the talking. But I wish she didn't agree. But also knowing all the things we know now, I don't know how, what his reaction would be if she had said, no, I don't want to do it. I feel like they, which is
1: strange because they produce a whole after party TV show If you don't watch After Party, this is like your second little sign that something's not right. Well, this is kind of a bigger (laughs) sign that something's not right with the two of them. And I feel like because they had the Lauren and Orion story, they're trying to hold the Emily and Brennan story for after Lauren and Orion
0: leave. Because there's a lot more going on here (laughs) than what we're seeing. But I don't know. I don't know what's going on in Brennan's head. He
1: says that he's feeling drained. And he needs to digest how he feels before they move in. And every time someone on MAPS does this, I need space, I need... It's all a cop-out, and all of the experts will tell them getting away from each other does never has helped any relationship, really.
0: None. Like, he's like, we just spend every day together 24-7. I'm like, what did you think the marriage was going to be? A part-time gig? It's a very strange thing. I just... Never understand the headspace. And again, it's the saying is if you cannot deal with the potential of what might come up, don't sign up for this show. You have to be open to anything that might happen. I just want to be
1: clear that I do think that taking time apart when you've been together for a long time is very different from taking time apart when you have literally been together for one week.
0: (laughs) Not without knowledge, too especially knowing, willingly going. <laughs> oh, man.
1: Yeah. So next up is Cameron and Claire. Um, they're talking about what side of the bed. I, I just really admire Claire's ability to be weirdly hostile about the most random stuff.
0: Yes! So- hey, thank you! I'm like, I have really... You guys, I've really been checking with myself because I, like, I feel like I'm so hard on Claire. But I'm just this woman. Where do you prefer? It's a yes or no question. <laughs> <laughs> Left or right? Well,
1: you know, you get up to go to the bathroom more, but I get up earlier. Well, what would you prefer? So he's like, you, I, I gave you first option. Now you've asked me. So he's like, I prefer the bathroom side. And he says, but I don't have to. And she's like, marriage is all about compromise. And he asks if she read it in a book. It's just, it, it's not the words, it's the tone. <laughs> Both of them. They agree yeah. on the side of the bed pretty quick, though. So, anyway, they sit down. She asks him what he thinks about the apartment. He's like, This is great. Um, then she says, The shorts are too short. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> She's nervous. She hasn't lived with anybody. He's like, You've lived with me for the past week. She's like, Yeah, I know. Cooking, cleaning, a lot of them have a lot of redundant conversations about what are we going to do when we live together. Um, Cam- but then Cameron does this thing where he tells Claire, like Cameron acts like he's an expert on her, which I find vaguely annoying because he's like, well, I'm less nervous than you are because I have lived with a partner. And he's worried because she hasn't lived with a partner. What are the things that I'm going to do to annoy you? And yeah, they just have like a discussion about open communication, et cetera. But it just, I don't know. It felt a little like I live with someone, so I know I'm good. But you've never lived with anybody. So you I know you're not good. It's a little, anyway.
0: No, no, no. I hear what you're saying. That was not my thought process at all. But that, I can see how that's annoying. But as always, I'm trying to say like it's probably because you can tell that when Claire is speaking, it's clipped. It's not, she's not really saying what she wants to say. So he's speaking for her. And if you notice half the time when he says it, she goes, no, you're right. I agree. I can agree with that. I appreciate that. She never says you're wrong. That's <laughs> so true. Maybe, maybe he's onto something and he's just trying to tell her, just relax, be yourself, say what you want. Like, that's the only way we can get to know each other. So maybe he's just feeding off of that bit. I don't know. I,
1: I, <laughs> uh, you're but correct I, about the fact that I am probably, she doesn't seem to be as bothered by it as I am.
0: She, uh, but she she is negative, though. Like, <laughs> everything she said on the couch was negative. <laughs> She's negative. Like, the funny thing
1: is, is that I actually like her. <laughs> Yeah. Like, I don't think I like her with Cameron because I don't think he brings out her best traits. Okay. But I actually like Claire.
0: Yeah, I don't think she's a bad person. I just think, like, she just... Yeah, maybe it's with Cameron. I don't know how she is with someone else, but... When they sat on the couch, it wasn't a thing of, I'm looking forward to get to know you, to see how we navigate this. She goes, I'm scared. I'm (laughs) nervous. You have never lived with someone. I don't know how we're going to like, okay, we know that, but let's think of the other side of the coin. But what her saving grace is that she's trying, at least. It's just that the trying and the body language don't always match. So, I don't know.
1: All right, guys, let me get back. We'll see how Orion and Lauren try. <laughs> aye, 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 So we come back and Orion and Lauren are touring their apartment, talking how nice it is. I could not catch a sign of which apartment it is. Hopefully by next week, I will know where it is, um, oh. which apartment building it is. I could see that they were in view of this Union Station place that I heard a lot about when I was in Denver, but never actually saw. Um <laughs> But I will find it, because you know I always do. I will pay better attention next week, you guys, and I will get that sign, and I will find that apartment,
0: including how much it costs, because I'm always curious. Uh (laughs) Also, also as a sidebar, just in the same vein, you guys, I understand that it's annoying, because I listen to podcasts, and I'm always like, no, it's this, this is the, the stuff you need to stay, and all that. Last week, I mentioned that, Beth was still in Colorado. She hasn't talked about the divorce. And a lot of you corrected me. I'm so sorry that she has spoken about it on one of the mass specials. Like she took digs at Jamie and she did move back to North Carolina. So this is me apologizing because it is a pet peeve of mine when it is a podcast and they put the wrong information on. they don't do due diligence. So I apologize. And for anyone who is listening, Beth is in back in North Carolina and she has spoken about the divorce. So,
1: and I apologize for not knowing the name of the apartment in Denver, but I promise by next week, I'll know. I also assume that none of you guys really care. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so like, no one's going to be yelling. because no one like, who cares which apartment? Just me. Um, <laughs> it's very hard to keep track. So if we will recall, they broke up at the end of last week. They seemed broken up before they got on the plane. But Lauren tells us that on the plane, he changed his mind and he wants to do a reset. So they sit down to dinner. So Lauren is like, hey, dude, WTF. So he said, she says, you went from I don't want to move forward and then a reset. But he says, oh, talking to the expert made me realize. Maybe, you know, he wants to take a couple days, be away from everything and come back with a clear mind. I've already spoken my thoughts on. If you need to be separated after doing each other for seven days, this is not helpful. (laughs) (laughs) She, however, says that she thinks it could be helpful and she likes and she cares about him and she doesn't want them to be stuck where they were in Cancun. So Orion says that the goal is to work out of that um, and it's easier to say to just leave it there, but they have to take the right steps to leave it there. And there are things that we need to work on to support the things we're trying to get back to. Um, so Orion says in an interview that he wants to try to reset, but they need space. So he takes his pizza and he walks out of there. They don't hug. They don't kiss. He's just like, let me take my pizza and out. And she follows after. Which that part of me sh- is like, you have a swanky apartment. Might as well stay there by yourself. But she said, no, I'm going home.
0: That was the shocking part for me. I'm like, what are y'all? No one is going to take advantage of this free housing, especially since you're going to be by yourself. And it is really nice because I can't remember whose apartment or whatever. It's like modern. It's a high rise. Like the windows are, well, they have no blinds or something. You could see out. I think it was Becca and Austin. And now that I say that, I think the name just came to me. I think it was central with an S. It okay. just popped when they showed in. there was a plus sign or something on there. But yeah, it's so nice. Why wouldn't you just stay there? Have a bath, enjoy the place, save electricity at home, the heater's on because it's cold. I don't know. I was very surprised when she walked out.
1: <laughs> well, I would be more surprised if he walked out because he's going to his mama's house. And I don't <laughs> think be me.
0: Oh, I'm laughing. Ah, it's funny. <laughs> But you can get some privacy. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> you guys, like
1: you guys, I have, um, i spent a lot of nights in hotels this year. I've been traveling a lot. And hotels just don't hit the same for me this year as they did last year when I was living with my parents. Because when I went to a hotel last year, I'd be like, oh, like my own space again. This is awesome. Now that I have my own space at home, it's not the same. That's why I'm like, all right, where, why would you go home? Why, why would you stay here? Enjoy a few days.
0: i wonder if he knew she wasn't gonna stay either maybe they should have figured that out they can't figure out a marriage how are they gonna figure this out (laughs) so next up is becca
1: and austin um they're sitting down eating their shake shack talking about how they need to bring in their real plants board games nintendo 64 her nintendo 64 because the one at his house is garbage They talk about chores, cleaning. Apparently Austin is very into the cleaning, but I'm like, you guys had this conversation on the honeymoon and we watched it. Austin is clean. We already learned this. Becca's excited to have unfiltered time focusing on each other. Deep dives instead of like surface. And he says, it'll be easy. I feel like that's famous last words.
0: I don't know. It just might work for these guys. But yeah, you're right. It's famous last words. Like, I feel like if they had something that was going to come up, we would see it in the previews. But they haven't shown us anything yet. That's true. That's true. Nicole and Chris
1: 2.0. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we see Emily with a selfie cam, waking up by herself at her house. Um, And she says something about reorganizing and that she'll see Brennan later. Um... Becca and Austin do a selfie cam waking up together at their new apartment. The glasses that Becca had, I had at one point, but they hurt my face. But I was like, I recognize those glasses. They're Warby Parkers. Um, Claire is spraying her face, and then Cameron says something about her dirty dishes. She's sorry she'll get to them. It's three cups in the sink. The thing is, Cameron was joking. He was most definitely joking, but
0: I don't think she took it that way. This is my thing with both of them. I, I I didn't put, I put it as a joke, but it's that passive aggressive thing they do to each other. <laughs> I, I just, I mean, I, I do think, you know, the part where he said, if this was me, you'd have caused this thing. He's not wrong. <laughs> He's not wrong. I'm also like, <laughs> which day is this? Like, as far as we know, you guys just got here yesterday. How are you yelling at each other about dishes already? <laughs> So I don't know, but I just I, I can't read this too. I'm like, do you are you irritated by each other? Are you getting di- I Okay, here's my thing. I think Cameron is a little irritated at Claire tiptoeing around everything, the things she says, the way she acts because she's clearly not comfortable and he feels like he's doing his best. And maybe his nervous tick is just cracking jokes because that annoys me. She laughs, but it annoys me. And she's just always cracking one joke or the other. And I'm like, give it a rest. So maybe that's just his way of trying. And I'm like, what's the point? Emily is visiting Brennan's house. She knocks on the door. It takes him some time to answer. I I Uh, thought I was tripping. I thought I was tripping, but yes. (laughs) He answered half a second too late. It wasn't that long, but it was half a second too
1: late. I'm like... She probably arrived, put on a microphone. Like, this is all very stage. Why is it taking you so long to answer the door? <laughs> she walks in, they hug. Um, she says, Oh, your house is very clean. They try she's just walking through, complimenting this not very nice place. It's it's okay. But she's being very positive, and he's like, Hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, hmm yeah, yeah. My favorite part is we see him doing this like non-enthusiasm as she's trying to be nice. There is a be kind sign in his house.
0: <laughs> I was like <laughs> <"Be fiery." laughs> It was so awkward. I just I thought this man said divorce wasn't an option. So how does he plan to navigate this? Isn't he the one who when his friend said what if you don't like her? And he's like, "Well, I'm just gonna have to suck it up. She's my wife, right?" Every time, all that pre
1: people get onto us for like, "Oh, we don't watch everything that happens beforehand." But as you can see, a lot of it turns out to have no bearing. They get these people <laughs> to sit there and talk and talk and talk about the things they're going to do, and then when push comes to shove, what do they actually do? <laughs> they run. <laughs> So he tells her that it's been nice having space to himself to reevaluate when he actually wants to move in. In an interview, she's like, "I'm getting the sense that he's shut off completely." <laughs> you think? Um Claire visits Cameron's house. Same thing. She walks through being Claire. So she calls it homey and cozy, which is like it also seems to be a basement. Um, they had a fun moment where she spots his rice cakes and she's like, I love rice cakes. And he's, and then they discuss what they put on their rice cakes. And then this man has her try some Vegemite. And then Cameron has to explain like what Vegemite is for the people who don't know what Vegemite is. It's a fermented yeast product. Um, I like, I feel like we had it in England. Mm -hmm. It's not good, but it is an acquired taste.
0: That should never be acquired. (laughs) (laughs) When when you said it's
1: like beer I'm like that makes sense because like beer is also An acquired taste that I personally never acquired
0: That is false That is a great tasting (laughs) beverage But but no Vegemite is gross Um Before she went in Claire said I think I expect Cameron's house To be similar to him as a person Pray tell what does that mean It sounds like a dig, but I'm trying to be open-minded. What does that mean? I don't know. I'm going to chalk it up to, like, if
1: I were to meet a person and they were like, what do you think their house is like? What are you supposed to say? I feel sorry for them sometimes because I know they just have to fill in answers to questions. (laughs) Okay. you got to come up with something. So she's like, I feel like his house is how he would be as a person.
0: Okay, well, that being said, I, I was, I didn't know what it meant, but, um, how can I say this? Camera's house looks musty. Well, that is proven when she's like,
1: he decides to show her his spider traps. And she's like, there appears to be a lot of spiders here. I will never live here.
0: That is, uh, yeah, I don't, you know, now that I think this, at this moment when we were going through his house was when I realized that, Not a lot of maths people have, like, nice houses. I feel like we've seen, and I don't know if it's a recency bias, but I feel like we've seen more not-so-nice places than nice places. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not house-shaming. I'm just saying. Like, it is what it is. If they like it, it's great. I'm just saying, like, I just noticed that as I looked at Cameron's place. And I was just wondering, for me, would I, like... I feel like if I was going to be a TV, would I go as far as just doing what Kirsten did and get an Airbnb? I'm just kidding. I don't know that she did that, but <laughs> 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 just get a place set up. But I was just, I, anyways, the thought just occurred to me that it seems like lately we've not seen a lot of um, nice places, I'd guess. Why does a house have a spider trap? What the yeah. heck? And I guess
1: he doesn't think it's a big deal because he's like showing her the spider trap. (laughs) I'm trying to, the other thing is, I look at their ages and I think to myself, when did I move into a place that was like nice? And sometimes it was younger than the people on the show. And sometimes it was, if you would have met me at the same age they are, you would have gone
0: to a house that wasn't that nice. But also, you know, when I say nice, it doesn't have to be, I'm not talking about like a, high rise or expensive or anything, just something that doesn't feel like you're cramped. Like I'm thinking of McKinley's place. I know it wasn't his permanent place or anything, but even if it was temporary and in that case, you know, we were told like money wasn't an issue. Like why wouldn't you just get a place that's airy? Or I think of like um, Lindsay's place that had so many plants and so much stuff. Like, just in there, I think that's what I mean. Because I think something I look into um, look for in a place is just space. And again, not that it has to be large and everything, but it doesn't seem so, like, cluttered. But we've been seeing a lot of cluttered spaces lately. I also think it has a lot
1: to do with the retail, uh, the real estate market. So, like, Denver is pretty expensive, and so is Boston. And Boston had some of the worst living we've ever seen. Yeah, Mark, Lindsay, like, there was just a lot of, like, you know, not nice places. Um, and so I think it says more about the real estate market. Because, for instance, in Nashville, almost everybody had a pretty nice apartment. Except for, like, McKinley. Houston did, too. Yep, because it's cheaper. So, yeah, you're right. That's a good point. Um, we also see Cameron showing Claire his medals from biking. And he tells her that he used to do search and rescue. How cool. And instead of just being like, oh, that's a cool hobby, she has to be like, oh, you never told me that. And he's like, you never asked. And she's like, I asked you about your hobbies. And it's like, why, how, how do
0: you guys get here? It's so funny. For once, I didn't blame Claire on that one. Because I think she was just like, oh, I didn't know that. And he was like, oh, you could have asked. And I'm like, there goes the digs again. Then she just put a whiteboard up and just score each other on the digs that they throw at each other. Like, just let a nice moment breathe and let it just be nice. Come on. But that, okay. So then we go to Claire's house. So there's not much of a tour because it's all about the
1: dog. Lenny. Lenny's a little dog. He has a little toy in his little dog bed and he just doesn't give a shit about Karen. And Karen seems to take that personally. There's a whole discussion about, is the dog going to come to their new place? And there's nowhere to walk the dog. And, Maybe Lenny will go to her sister's house.
0: So I think that's not a good idea because honestly, when you have a dog and you think you're going to be with each other after the eight weeks, they should be a part of your life because they are going to be a part of your life. She's like, I don't want to put it on you. It's not your responsibility. And I'm thinking about the previous seasons, like people became dog dads. Like that is what you're going to do. So why would you take that equation unless you don't think you're going to be together? True, true. But yeah, we don't know what's going to happen with Lenny or where Lenny's going to end up. Camera cracking his jokes all the time. I am a dog person. Maybe Lenny's not an annoying person. I'm a dog person provided they're not annoying. I'm like, Ugh, camera. like, camera. <laughs> 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 and while camera was speaking, again, my train of thought led to this might be the first season we have where no couple consummate their marriage. I have Just, to think really hard. There's never been another season? I mean, someone's going to tell us we're wrong, but I tried and I think we've had at least one every season. Every season. Even.
1: Okay, I'm struggling, but. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I don't think we've had one where there wasn't consummation going on. So, yeah. Then Cameron and Claire have a super interesting
1: discussion about religion. So she says she has things she needs, clothes, pictures, books. And then I think she's picking up probably her Bible and maybe some other stuff. And she explains to him, like, I told you, like, I was raised Catholic. I didn't really feel connected to it. Then my brother passed away. And now I'm like going back to my roots. And I really feel it sounds like she feels really connected to her religion again. Cameron says he's open to being with anyone from any religion, but he is not religious. Um, And she says she is cool with his lack of non-religiousness, but she is faithful.
0: <laughs> Which oh, Tay I'm... has
1: stuff to say about that on our Twitter.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've just never heard someone of faith say I'm a faithful. And honestly, I'm like, what? My brain had to reset. I was just thinking about the traitors. I just said, have you heard people say I'm a faithful? I
1: have not heard that, but I thought the way she said it was beautiful. Oh, I was like,
0: oh, okay, okay. I understand what you're telling him. Okay, I mean, yeah, so this whole thing, I clocked another what I would have marked on the scoreboard as a dig. Because he was like, oh, yeah, like, uh, I see you're taking all this stuff. Like, I see uh, you're Catholic. Like, what are you? You have never really told me about the origin because you said that. And she's like, I've told you this before. I'm like, okay, he's asking again. Just answer. Like, you don't need to be all snippy about the whole thing. But I found it interesting. I mean, her story was nice that she found it. Like, you know, people are always different. Because for me, when I lost someone, that was when I lost my faith. So I found it really intriguing that that was when, she wanted to connect. So it's a good story. But then I also wondered again, if this is something we miss because it seems we're having couples that are of different faith. And I wondered if that would be a deal breaker because if I ever went on the show, my deal breaker would be someone who was an atheist or didn't believe agnostic or something. I do. Like I want to make space for everybody to be
1: who they are. But I do get confused by people who are consider themselves very religious but aren't concerned if their partner is.
0: Yeah. Because like,
1: it's in the I- Bible about being equally yoked. So and I always understood that to mean being at similar levels of faith. Yeah. So I don't really get it, but if, if it works for you, it works for you. Becca and Austin, they're going to his house. They're driving over. He's talking about how there's a bunch of stuff that was in the garage that's down in the house because the garage is being demolished and rebuilt. Um Becca says she's probably gonna be fine with this place as long as there's not like snakes all over the place. Like, where did she get this stuff? Austin <laughs> lives in a house, which at one point I was like to see own this house, but we, you know, he's renting. It's a pretty nice house. Um, it has some interesting stuff in there. They showed something. I was so proud of myself. I was like, what is that? I think that's a gramophone. Yes, there's a gramophone in the house. He has plants. Even all the garage stuff is like very well organized. They have a discussion about how often they wash towels. Sometimes I just wish I didn't know things about people. He thinks he washes them monthly. He's not sure. <laughs> Um, she likes his house because it's not cookie cutter. Um, then they have a very grown up conversation about what they'll do for living after D-Day. I am proud of them for having this discussion because I do feel like that's part of the adult discussions that need to happen between the two of them. So he says, I figured if we're good after D-Day, we'd both go back and finish our leases. She says her lease is actually month to month." He has a roommate. He says, I don't know why you want to move in here. And she says it would probably make more sense to move into her house while they wait to buy. Um, He says that does make sense, but he does say, do you have a garage? She says, we'll work on it. So (laughs) it sounds like they have a notational plan for living after D-Day. That's good. So next we see Lauren, who, honestly, the first thing I noticed is that she's taken out her braids. I really like her hair the way it is. She says after talking about divorce, (laughs) saying Wanted to reset. Taken his couple days. He reached out via text and does not want to continue the marriage, but wants to continue the process. She's like, the process is the marriage, so I don't know what to do. She said she's emotionally distressed and emotionally overwhelmed, and who knows what's going to happen.
0: I don't know why she's giving this man this much power. Like, just leave. Just be like, I don't have time for all of this. I think
1: usually I would agree with you. But I also think it's okay to say I'm still in it. And if you don't want to be in it, that's a
0: decision that you could make. But I'm still in it. I mean, that's fair. It's just a roller coaster. It's just really hard to see. And also, what does that mean? I don't want to continue the marriage, but I want to continue the process.
1: Let's keep filming. <laughs> that's, that's what that means to me. Uh, so we'll be right back. They say time waits for no one and neither should payday. To keep your money moving in the direction of your dreams, get Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the EarnIn app and verify your paycheck, then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. You can use the money you get from EarnIn to make sure you have your spending money ready for your fun spring break trips to the beach.
0: Make Earn In a part of your financial routine and join Earn In's over 3.5 million customers who say things like, when I think about Earn In, I think about financial stability and security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earn In today. That's spelled E A R N I N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Auto Call on the podcast because when you sign up, it'll really help the show. That's Auto Call on the podcast. Subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period max. See earnin.com TOS for details. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank & Trust, member FDIC. If you're like me and looking to cut back on alcohol this year, Recess Zero Proof Craft Mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. They've recreated the cocktails you know and love, like a lime margarita and a grapefruit paloma, which happens to be my favorite, so you can enjoy the flavors and feelings of those cocktails without the booze. Zero proof, zero compromise. Listeners can get 15% off the Recess Mocktail Sampler at takeoutrecess.com slash m a f s. Each can of
1: Recess is a lightly sparkling mocktail made with real fruit and only 25 calories or less. It's a guilt-free way to unwind. They taste just like your favorite cocktails, without the alcohol. Whether you're relaxing after work or hanging out with friends, make Recess Mocktails your drink between drinks or your forever mocktail. Get 15% off Recess Mocktails now at takearecess.com altercallMAFS. That's A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S. So you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences.
0: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams
1: of net carbs, five to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving.
0: Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net-carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Okay, and we are back and the couples are getting visits from the experts. So we start with Emily and Brennan. She mentions that Pascal is stopping by. Brennan is still off, not saying anything, and bless her heart, Emily is just trucking along She's not like asking him, what's wrong with you? What's going on? She's just acting like nothing's happening. Pascal comes in and says, like, okay, your apartment looks like it has not been lived in. And he <laughs> asks, What's up? <laughs> so Brennan says we were just like, let's gather ourselves. And I'm like, we. But Emily goes along and she's like, Yeah, we just felt like we needed time. We had busy weeks. And Pascal asks, like, do they feel invested in the marriage? Emily says, I am. And he says, do you feel you are getting back what you're putting in? She says, and I quote, I do. And Pascal is <laughs> like, you just gave me a musical I do. She goes, no, 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 I do. He goes, no. You know, I really like Pascal's episode. <laughs> so he's like, listen, we're going with your first reaction. What are you trying to say? And then she goes, You know, there's a lot we need to figure it out. And I'm just wondering why she's beating around the bush. The first thing she should mention is like, since we came from the honeymoon, Brennan has been withdrawn and I don't know what's going on in his mind and I don't want to rock the boat and I would like to know what's going on. Why can't she just say that? But then, I mean, I don't know if this is part of the, I've never been in a relationship. I wouldn't attribute it to that, but I'm very curious as to why she's hesitant to just blurt that out.
1: I think Brendan has made it very clear to her that he is very concerned about how things look. And so it's not necessarily right or wrong, I guess, but she is trying to accommodate his need for things to look good. That's the way I'm perceiving the way that she's acting.
0: Okay. So she's saying that it just looks like we are in different spots. And Pascal says, listen, we're not here. I need you guys to stop being politically correct. She says, I like him. I'm attracted to him. He, he liked me in the beginning, but now she's starting to feel unsure and she just wants to know how to move forward. He says he was overcome with adrenaline from the wedding to the honeymoon. And I'm like, that's so insulting. <laughs> Anyways, but he says, he do- you don't know how you feel because you're fueled by adrenaline, but it hit him a few days later that something was off and it was that he did not feel that romantic connection, and he doesn't know what to do about it. He has an amazing girl, they're lying and everything, and he doesn't know what's wrong. And I'm just like, you need to fear men. And I know a lot of women know this. When you experience the switch up from a man... It's like the worst thing. And it's just like also an amazing thing because if we didn't see these people in the beginning when he said everything was going well, where he did interviews and he said, we're getting along, she's attractive. I like that she's adventurous. You would think that you were dreaming all of that up because this man just said like the romantic connection was gone. Did you wake up and it was just gone or something actually happened?
1: I I actually think that it's just that Brennan is not a person who's at peace with himself. Mm. And so he doesn't trust his own feelings, if that is part of it. Maybe I'm just going off on a limb here. I I think he's overthought this. I think his initial reaction is his true reaction. And this is like
0: a fear of something. So my theory is that he does did like her. Something happened. I mean, we get some kind of confirmation in after party, but something happened and it just it awoke. You're kind of right. It awoke the insecurity that he has. Yes. I think I do agree that he's not at peace with himself. So whatever it was kind of rocked him and he doesn't know how to handle it. And I don't know that he realizes that whether it's Emily or not, these are things he's going to have to work through, but he's at, he's now converting Whatever happened as a negative against her, and he's now deemed her non wifey material.
1: (laughs) Uh, I feel bad for her. Either way, no matter what realization he has come to, I feel bad for her.
0: So she says she believes there's something and she has done her best to be open and honest, and she just needs some emotion. She says that a lot that she needs some emotion. He said the man seems
1: dead inside. I'd be saying that too.
0: he says he's looking to gravitate towards her and wants to touch her. And Pascal is like, so now you're saying like you don't want to touch her. And he says he's not just there and he has pushed himself to. So Pascal says, okay, he is giving like he being Brennan is giving himself a goal. Like, okay, I'm married. So this is how I should feel. And he needs to erase that and stop digging a hole and not self-sabotage the marriage. Pastor Kyle asks if there's anything about her he is not attracted to, and Brendan is quickly like, yeah, we're not going to do that. I'm like, mm, first of all, don't be disrespectful, but also, okay. And then Pascal says, like, okay, I think you're being fearful. Like, you don't want to go deep with your emotions. He says, you know, when you're on TV, you want to be mindful of how you come across, that he opens up when he feels a sense of comfort, and this is all very new for him. Um, I found it interesting that he mentioned the TV part, and that is a bad mix. Don't come Married at first sight if you're very conscious about what you're going to look like on TV, because then we're not going to get the real you.
1: It's very unfair. It's very unfair because you are so focused on what you're going to look like, which is not a good use of your time. Nope. Because there's you're going to film a lot. They're going to edit it down to whatever they edit it to. So your obsession with how will this look when most of what you're saying is not going to end up on the show anyway.
0: If you care so much about how you look, again, why would you sign up for this show? How unaware are these people? I'm so like... Not a lot of men look good on this show, so this is not the show. If you're easily offended, this is not the show for you. And then here's the part where I do blame the experts for this because I know we're giving them credit um, for the matches earlier in the season. He's the one who we were warned by his friends that his communication sucks, right? I believe so. So, TV or not, that was always going to be a problem. Someone tells you that they suck at communication. Why do we think he's a good match? So, I blame them there. So, Pascal asks, Okay, let's switch it up. What do you like about her? And this man goes on and on. She's spontaneous, she's bubbly, she's energetic, she's open minded, she's fun to be around. We have the same food interests. Like, he doesn't stutter, he doesn't stumble. Like, all this comes out of his mouth. Pretty freely. So Pascal says, okay, that's good. Like, what are some things that you think that we could do? He says, oh, I'd like us to move in together and take it one day at a time. Emily says she doesn't know what she can do to help, but we can try to open up about emotions (laughs) and see if that (laughs) helps. (laughs) So Claire and Cameron get Dr. Pepper. For some reason, I thought Pascal was the only one around. So when I saw Dr. Pepper, I was like, oh, she's here too. So they didn't meet in their apartment. They met in like maybe the guest, the um, what's it called? The clubhouse or something like that. So they said marriage has been different and they're trying to navigate it. He said he thinks what they struggled the most with was a comfortable space for physical intimacy. And as usual, Claire was like, I can agree with that, that it's hard to express. But also in her past, she hasn't had it. And she apologizes for moving at a turtle pace. And Cameron is also like, you know, even you apologizing. I appreciate that. <laughs> These guys. <laughs> so Dr. Pepper says, so, you know, maybe hold his hands, stroke his back, just show the affection. And it's great that he already feels that way for you. And it will be nice if you show him more. And I'm like, how can you show what you don't feel? Listen, I don't think Claire likes Cameron, guys. I think Claire recognizes that he's a decent guy but they're just not compatible. So
1: I think I agree with that assessment, but once again, they are trying. Yes, they are trying.
0: So um, Claire says that, yeah, she'll try that. She'll make sure to show affection. But last I remember, she said she was going to do that when she talked with the girls and um, nothing's changed. (laughs) So good luck with that. (laughs) Dr. Pepper brings up religion. Cameron says that he was kicked out of the church at 10 years old because he spoke out against something that needed to be spoken about. They did not mention what religion or denomination that was, but I also wondered if it had, like, when he spoke out about it, if that was also part of the reason why he went to therapy as a child. I don't know if maybe that was forced. That was why he was forced, um... To go to therapy, like maybe he spoke against the church, and his parents were mad at him for, I guess, not conforming and for doing that. Maybe they thought that he had to go. But, anyways, I thought the two were connected somehow, but they were very vague about it.
1: Yeah, and I was like, "What? Kind
0: of, I'm like, what kind of church kicks out a ten year old?" And that's why I, well, I don't know. I'm like, like, you must be on the side of demons if you're a church that kicks out ten year olds. Well, not really, because I also thought like maybe he was Mormon, because that's the only one I hear really that kicks people out, right?
1: We hear yeah, that a lot. and like they do like kick out children.
0: Mm, okay. What so do I yeah, what do I know? <laughs> I'm curious to know what it was, but he said at that point he had to rediscover who he was, and honestly, I just thought my first question was like, was he ten? That's a lot. That's a young age to rediscover. You haven't discovered for you to rediscover at age 10. Or maybe I was just slow to um, to mature. Because at 10 years old, I don't think I knew anything about life to first of all even speak out against something and then try to rediscover my whole life. So that was interesting to me. Like It just I seems find- like a heavy burden for a child.
1: Yeah, I find it interesting that Cameron has now spoken about a couple things where I'm not saying he needs to share with all of us, whatever these things are. There was the thing about reinventing himself and looking back on things and not knowing who that person was. It's really hard to understand with the vagueness. Now I'm not saying he needs to tell us everything, but I also wonder, does he tell Claire the more fuller story ever? Is he ready to go there? Because these are like very deep things where the details really seem
0: to matter. So to answer your question, I'm going to jump ahead and for next week's episode where he just blurts out, would you talk about someone who's under a deathbed? And Claire is like, excuse me, what? I don't think he's telling her. And I will say that is my criticism for this season of the show. We don't have open people. So, a lot of things that we hear, yes, we hear them, but I feel like I don't know, know them. I don't know if you noticed, like, we're eight episodes in and we haven't seen the usual maths, friendship, bonding all together, except like Claire and Lauren. We know that those are, they're closer, but we haven't seen that a lot. Brennan is keeping his emotions on lock. Austin is kind of, you know, open with Becca, which that's his sole focus, his wife, but I don't really know anything. More about him, except how he feels about Becca, and then Orion goes back and forth. Like he mentions some things about the Matriarchy, how he grew up, and it's like, oh, what's that about? There always feels like there's more to know about these people that we don't know about. Remember how I said like I'm, it's not looking like Cameron is close to his family, but I don't know.
1: Well, part of the preview was also, do your parents know that you're married, or does your dad know that
0: you're married? And he's like, nope. And that seems to be news to Claire. Well, that's what I mean. Like, that was his answer was like, no, he doesn't. Because what do you tell a man that's dying on his deathbed?
1: Definitely the previews, like, mess with us a lot sometimes. So we have to see what the actual episode says. Yeah. Or what actually happens. But I'm very, like you, I'm very curious. It's so interesting, though, because last season in Nashville, we were, I wouldn't say we were annoyed, but, like, everybody was getting very deep and yeah. You know, childhood trauma was a big thing at the beginning of the Nashville episodes. Like, the yeah. beginning. So, yeah. this is, like, the opposite.
0: Yes. We had a sense of the Nashville people. Like, we were annoyed by all the things, but we had a sense, like, what didn't we know about Eris? He was just talking about himself from childhood to whatever. But this season, there's a disconnect. And then, I don't know if it, that it doesn't help that we don't have a lot of them also on After Party. And even those that are an After Party, it's just... I feel like the person we know the most about is Lauren. I would agree with that. So, yeah. Because even like with Emily, we know a lot about her partying or her things or whatever. But I didn't think... And her friends... But ever since then, I don't know anything more. But anyways. um, So he says that the best tools that he can give his children is understanding that the world is shades of gray and religion does not prepare them for the world. Claire is like, I don't agree, but I respect it. What did you think about what he said? I think he probably has a point in
1: some ways. I do. Well, actually, I think I disagree. Okay. It depends on if you think teaching your kids religion is all you get to teach them.
0: Um, it's funny, I think I agree with him <laughs> um religion doesn't always i mean the world has evolved, but religion doesn't always accommodate for the shades of gray yes it's, it's usually the the Again, should I say religion or should I say, yeah, it's the religion, like the orthodox and all that. It's either this or this. If you don't do this, then this is going to happen. Everybody does this and you need to do this. There's never really like a, oh, but this happened and let's lead with love, even though that's also part of deduction, which we're going to touch on later with Pascal. But I think I can see where he's saying, where, you know, people like to say a lot of good things have not been born out of religion. There have been wars because of religion. There are people killing people in the name of religion. So I, I hear what you're saying in that as long as religion is not the be all end all, because if that's what's ruling what you're doing, then yes, it doesn't prepare you. But
1: I just, I think the reason why I'm like, uh, that's, I feel like sometimes religion can be very, very open to interpretation and that there are a lot of shades of gray. So people can say, like, these are the rules of my religion, and that's the way that they choose to interpret them or the rules they choose to follow. And that's usually how they bring their kids up in religion, is like, this is wrong and this is right. These are all generalities. Religions are so vast, and so I think many people would say, like, no, my religion doesn't do that, or I wasn't raised that way. Totally understood. But I think for the most part, yes, there's not a lot of shades of gray, But I also find that religion is always open to interpretation. So if it's open to interpretation, then there's shades of gray. Okay.
0: So, Doctor... um, Yeah, once again, I wondered how this is not a deal breaker. Like, I just don't see how Claire, who is so deep in her faith, something that guided her through something that is a life-changing thing. And I'm wondering, did she not... Say someone who's not part of that is not a deal breaker. But earlier she had said that I'm open to it as long as we're open. But this is where I stand on mine. So I guess I can make it work. And Dr. Pepper says families can't contain people who don't agree on the same thing. And, you know, Claire once again says I appreciate that. And Cameron says that he's glad that they're going slow because it gives them time to get to know each other.
1: That's looking um, on the bright side of things not
0: going all that well. <laughs> so, Emily and Brennan have a conversation about the visit with Pascal And he asks her, What do you think about that? And he says, um, I agree to something he said, especially to self sabotage it. And Brennan laughs in a mocking tone Oh, that? Like, girl, you don't know the half of it. And she says, She doesn't need to know, he doesn't need to say why, but she needs to know if he's attracted to her. He says, I hear you, but I'm trying to protect you. And I'm like, oh my God. And she says, don't think you will hurt my feelings. He says like, yeah, I just can't. I would never want someone to tell me that. So he can't. First of all, she's not you. So, (laughs) but um, Emily says in the confessional, that she knows it's not a reflection on her, that she's always been confident, but she did not anticipate this. And she starts tearing up and my heart broke for her because no matter what it is, no matter how confident you are, this man in so many ways is saying there's something about you that completely made me do a 180 on you and I just don't have any romantic feelings for you. She says... It doesn't mean she won't stop trying, but she wants to see what he does the next day. I thought about this for a second. It is a dickish move, but I think Brennan is doing the right thing. He's attempting to do the right thing. No, I think by not saying what it is, is doing the right thing. Every,
1: Every season is the same thing. You're not attracted to somebody. How did you say it? Nicely. No nice way to say it. So Brennan's like, I'm just not going to say it. But the message is already getting across because you can't, it's, it's a binary. You either are or you aren't. You behave in ways that communicate that you are or that you communicate that you aren't. Right now, you're communicating that you aren't.
0: <laughs> when we interviewed Dr. Pepper, she said, just don't bring it up at all. But in this case, I don't know how you don't bring it up at all. Because Pascal asked directly what is going on. I think if you are still going to try, then try to hide it better, I guess. Just don't be so disconnected because it's very obvious something is going on. But either way, I just think him not actually verbalizing what that thing that's a turnoff is is the right move. I, I, I don't know. It feels like I don't know what it is and that's going to haunt me forever. What is it about me? But I just think it'll be 10 times worse if there's something. Oh, I don't know. Because you could say something and you're like, uh, no, that's not me. That's not you. Right? I don't know. Do I, I don't know. I don't know what Brennan should have done. I just don't know. <gasps> no, I mean, what do you think is worse? Saying it or not saying it? What we, Like, you individually as a person, I don't want to know. But for some people... It, he could say something and she could be like, no, that's not me. I don't care. That doesn't mean anything to me. But you as a person, would you want to know or would you not want to know?
1: I don't think I'd want to know, but I actually think everybody should just say it. Just say it. I think the part is once you say it, you can never take it back. So if, and I think that's sort of the insurance that everybody keeps for themselves. is like, if I say it, if I change my mind, if I've already said it, we could never come back from this. But in terms of personally, I guess I would just want to know. Instead of beating around the bush, just be direct about it.
0: No, I wouldn't want to know. <laughs> Let me just go through the pain. Alright guys, we'll be right back. Okay, and we're back with Becca and Austin. They got Pascal the At this time when they got past the cow, I'm like, oh, Pascal is working double hours because I was for sure that he was going to be with Lauren and Orion. Um, he immediately asked them if they've consummated the marriage and then they look at each other. I'm like, wait, what? And they said, no. Austin says, we want to bond. And I'm like, why do this man keep speaking up and saying we? Why don't you just say I? Because the women just keep looking like, uh, speak for yourself, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Pascal says, says, um, is the desire there? And he goes, yes. He says he's asking that, you know, they just have to ask because it's just a barometer to measure their intimacy level. They talk about children. He brings up religion. He asks Austin, what is your religion based on? He's like God's love and caring for everyone. He asks her, What is your spirituality based on? She says hers is kindness and understanding and basically love. And Pastor Kyle says, Well there's no difference between the two and she's she's um she says yeah like i often don't meet christians who don't try to change my mind and pastor kyle says like yeah like no one should ever be made to feel um doomed if they don't follow certain rules like oh you're gonna go to hell if you don't do this and as he's saying this becca gets really emotional because she says that's been her experience from her friends. And it was really sweet because Austin tries to hug her. But I found it interesting because for a second, I forgot that Pastor Kyle was was an actual pastor. And I don't meet a lot of pastors who don't believe that unless you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are not doing it Christianity right. So I found that very interesting. And I also wondered, um, I've never heard him preach or anything. So I also wondered what the tenets of his church is Mm, i guess i'm i'm i too am
1: confused like becca said i believed her when she said i don't often be christians who don't want to convert me um because it's part of the directive yeah (laughs) but there's also an element now i just feel like we're all making it up as we go along that's why you have pastors saying things like yeah he did try to convert Becca but he's also not relating to them as a pastor he's relating to them as a marriage counselor right and as a marriage counselor you're looking for commonalities and getting into the weeds of like accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior is not part of the trying to get this marriage to move along so
0: yeah I mean he did say speaking as a pastor though (laughs) (laughs) So, I don't know. So, um, when she said that when she found out that she was paired with a Christian, it scared the crap out of her. And again, I was like, did you put that as a deal breaker? And these experts are just like, Yeah, it's fine. you will be all right. <laughs> because that's pretty major. So Austin says that this is something he has to overcome. And I was like, oh, this is not, this is not over. Because with the way everything went and he was hugging and Pascal was trying to put a bow on everything, I'm like, oh, this is done. And he's like, yeah, I'm not going to, you know, learn overnight, but it's something I have to overcome. Like the choice of words was like, oh, you have to overcome this. So I'm looking forward to see how that's going to be. They both say that they can see love in the future and they tell each other that they love each other as a person right now. And for a moment there, it felt like Pascal was trying to force them to say they were in love with each other. He kept saying, are you sure? How do you know? What do you know? And they're like, slow down, buddy. We we, we like each other. We're we're not in love with each other. When I saw that Lauren and Orion got Dr. Pia, my first thought was like, oh, no. And I need to check myself to wonder why I felt that way. (laughs) But I'm thinking... Maybe because, like, an after party, we learned that he said he felt more comfortable with Pastor Cal. But honestly, at this point, who cares what he wants?
1: I would say who cares what he wants. But if this is like your last ditch effort, yeah, uh, uh, producers, whoever's deciding this, I don't think sending in Dr. Pia was a good idea.
0: Okay, I feel validated. Yeah,
1: I agree. <laughs> I would send in Pastor Cal because Orion says he's really into him and this is. Or I would send in Dr. Pepper, but Dr. Pia had her chance last week. She didn't do
0: that great of a job. They to somebody else. I don't know. I'm not feeling great about this Dr. Pia replacement. Like, I haven't felt like, yeah, she did this or whatever. I mean, but she did her best. But, yeah, I really wish they sent Pascal. It would have just been interesting to see. Um, Lauren says that she was blindsided by the text. So she asked Dr. Pia. I mean, Dr. Pia asked them, "When is the last time that you guys spoke?" He was like, "Oh, a little text here and there. We tried to meet up, but the timing didn't work." Lauren says, "Um, there was not a lot of effort put into meeting up. Why does Orion bend the truth like a lot?"
1: <laughs> <laughs> bend the truth <laughs> is such a pretty way of saying this man lies a lot, <laughs> and unnecessarily and- too. The answer <laughs> to
0: Dr. Pia's question is no. We haven't met up. <laughs> And Lauren was like, basically, he texted me. He wanted to meet. I sent him a text, told him my availability, and he did not respond. And the next response was he wanted a divorce. Orion says he's not looking to hurt her because at this point, he doesn't know what can help. Lauren says she still wants to be here, but she doesn't feel like he wants to. I'm just like, why does she want to be here? This man has been inconsistent in seven days. Like, why would you want a lifetime of that? She says that he confuses her. This man says he did want to focus on the future, not specific to him or to them, just the future as a whole. Honestly, it ain't out loud. I was like, what the fuck does that mean? Word salad. <laughs> At the same time, Dr. Pia shook her head in confusion. Like, what, 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 what? <laughs> And Dr. Pia says, it feels like you just came in here with your mind made up. And he said, um, I want it yeah, that's fair to say. I said, oh my God, this is... <laughs> Lauren, you don't want this for someone who knows who is clear with their points. You don't want this for a lifetime. He says there is chemistry, but it's hard because a lot of things cut really deep. And after the honeymoon, he's feeling heartbroken. He wants to be open, but they get they can't get past it constructively because of how she reacts, and it does go from zero to 100. <sighs> um, Lauren says, that's not fair to say. It's not fair because you're focusing on the reaction, but you never mentioned that there was an act before the reaction. Dr. Pia says, listen, it takes time to learn each other, to know how to react, but you guys have only known each other in like seven days. What she's asking of them is to extend even more grace to start afresh and to let go. Now, I get that the job of the experts is to help these people move along and to hang in there, but I also don't know if it's fair to hold someone hostage if they just want to go. I agree. And depending on
1: the couple and the situation, you know, I might have a different thought. I think a lot of this hope is dependent upon the idea that people will change. That Orion will show something different than he's been showing for up until now. And if he did, then they might have something worth hanging on to. So maybe it's just like a, if we could just get him to change a little,
0: they might have a hope. That's fair, but specific to their situation, or Ryan has shown that he would change his mind on a dime a gazillion times. And honestly, I'm thinking of Lauren. That is not fair to put someone through. While we're hoping for him to change, she has to be at the brunt of that. And I just, I, I don't know if that's fair for her mentals. Um, also, I noticed that she was wearing an earpiece. And I don't think I've ever noticed an expert wearing an earpiece before. I'm concerned Uh,
1: that it wasn't an earpiece. She was just one of those people who walked around with an AirPod in her ear.
0: No, it was brown. It was an earpiece. (laughs) The AirPods are white and they hang down. This was just plugged in there. So she asked if Lauren forgives him at her core. Lauren said, yes. She asked Orion the same thing. He goes, um, I'm not sure. Dr. Pia says she's having a hard time understanding his rigidity. Lauren says do you not just want to be with me? Like, just be honest. You're not going to hurt my feelings. He says, mm, just everything that's gone on, I have lost all romantic interests. She asked Orion, Dr. Pia asked Orion, how does control show up in your life for you? <laughs> Honestly, I was confused. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, I'm not trying to control what happens by calling for a divorce. And she says, yes, you are. He's like, uh, the, the, he, she's like, yes, you are. You feel uncomfortable, so your part of control is to remove yourself. And I was like, "Uh, I guess that makes sense, right?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You don't. Know, so I, I, I think.
1: Good. I mean, what's the difference between control and avoidance? Because those seem yeah. to
0: be the same thing. So, control, avoidance, and also, what is the difference between? I don't, because what Orion is hinting at is that he doesn't like the way Lauren talks when she gets heated or mad or whatever. And he doesn't think he could do a lifetime of that because probably it triggers him based on his childhood and stuff like that. So if someone says that, like, how do we now try to therapize them out of that, I guess? I don't know. (laughs) Um, So she says um, she feels comfortable that they can fix it but he is shut off on vulnerability. And Iran is just staring at her like, okay, lady, (laughs) I'm trying to get out of (laughs) here. So (laughs) she asks him again. And I ask again, she says, is there a chance that this marriage could last? I was like, this man already said no. How many ways (laughs) do you want him to say it? Like set him free. So Lauren says, I feel so bad that I've put you in a position where you feel like you cannot do this, that you feel like you've lost all romantic interest. And I just feel so bad that she has to apologize again. But she's like, she doesn't want to twist his arm to stay where he doesn't want to stay. He says once again, that they have chemistry, but there's no romance in him anymore. And he wants to follow through with a divorce. And then Dr. Pia asks Lauren, is there anything you want to say? Lauren is like, there is nothing to say because it will be a waste. And then she goes, and then Dr. Pia asks, Lauren, do you still want to stay married? And she's like, it doesn't matter what I want. I'm like, <laughs> Dr. Pia, what is going <laughs> to And then she goes, don't say that. It does matter what you want. I was like, at this point, you can tell Lauren is so mad. She looked so broken. Like, that's the only word I can use to describe that um lauren says she knew what marriage looked like she knew that it was going to require a lot of forgiveness and a lot of grace and all she can envision is that she can't wait to be in a marriage with someone who wants to try and then orion is like i hope you're okay and i'm like orion fuck off like now (laughs) is not the time and in a confessional lauren is like we were robbed because of his unforgiveness and this is just stupid In Orion's interview, he was choking up saying there's a lot of things he could have done differently, but he was excited in finding a life partner, but he has no regrets on what he has done, that his biggest fear was hurting her, but he did that anyways, and he believes it's the best course of action for both of them. Then we see the preview for next week, and... During the preview, it had nothing to do with the preview, but I had a thought, aid. We have seen a preview, in the season previews, where Dr. Pepper is talking to Michael, who was jilted at the altar, asking him if he was willing to get a second chance. And I wondered if the second chance was with Lauren? I don't know if you know the answer. So. I have seen a spoiler, so I will go ahead and play the fifth. Okay. (laughs) Okay. All right. But I just had that thought, and I was like, oh, my God. Because I think someone's message or someone said to us before, like, oh, Lauren and Michael would be a good chance. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, I'm all for it, but it's just like this is going to be a case of another interracial relationship. And I don't know if she'll be like, oh, my God, I don't want to say the wrong thing. But I don't think I'm mad at it, if that's what it is. But, I mean, I look forward to it, but I don't think I'm mad at it. And, guys, if you see this. No spoilers. I don't want to know. And we just want to find out naturally whatever happens. But that was the end of the episode for this week.
1: It was, I mean, in the preview, we did not see Lauren and Orion, right? No. Okay, so that's done as of today. Yes. Um... I will also add, I do feel like I need to add this from from After Party. It's like, Lauren and Orion sit down was four hours long. And it boggles my mind how they could get four hours down to, what, five minutes or whatever? But it's just, you, all the emotions we're seeing, I feel like, must be heightened because you've been sitting there for half a
0: lifetime. Yeah, that's true. Four hours of them battering you to, are you sure you want to stay? You want to stay? And Orion is probably looking at them like, Lady, I already said I want to go. And then you're not putting Lauren out of her misery because she's just like you're prolonging the inevitable. So, man. All right. So, Tane, who has your bouquet this week? My bouquet goes to Emily. That girl was put through the wringer, and honestly, I think she took it and handled it like a champ. Because, one... When he came back and he was so closed off, it was so obvious, but she didn't like make a, what is wrong with you? What are you doing? What are you, whatever she let it be. And was like, I'll just wait till Pascal gets here. When Pascal got here and he was saying all the things to me, it looked like she was fighting back tears, but she's just like, you know, I'm just going to stay hopeful. I'm just going to stay here. And honestly, I just wanted to give her a hug when she was crying about, you know, I, I'm a confident person, but I don't understand what's going on and all that. I just thought, I don't. it's not a pity bouquet, bouquet, I don't think. But I just, I really don't, I was thinking about it now. But I just think, like, she handled it well, you know. Who has yours?
1: I'm going to go ahead um, and give mine to Orion. Look, Lauren and Orion, were not going to be a thing. And with baths, you have the opportunity to drag it out, which is not a bad option, or you have the opportunity to end it quickly. I kind of appreciate Orion for just killing it quickly instead of us watching them do dog sets for weeks on end.
0: (laughs) Uh, Okay. Who has your burnt ashes? Oh, it goes to Brennan. So cruel, so mean, so cold. You could have at least had a conversation and just been like, hey, like, I'm trying to find that romantic, but I'm here and I'm trying and I'm going to do my best. But to be all cut off, so cold, especially since she's not even like giving you any heat for it and you're just not repaying that kindness. Boo. Who has yours?
1: My bird ashes is for someone who we did not see. Whoever made the decision that Dr. Pia should go talk to Orion. (laughs) I'm not even going to blame Dr. Pia because, you know, she's new. We have to give her a chance. Yeah. But if a couple is in like deep, deep distress, you you can't be sending in these young guns. You got to send in the old hands. Yep.
0: Yep. That's very interesting. Like, honestly, why would you send a newbie? It almost felt like oh you did believe in them. That's why you said it's someone who you do couldn't help them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Alter call M A F S. That's A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S. We love hearing from you guys on social.
0: We're available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening to our show. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Give us a five-star rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts if you're so inclined. And we don't forget the episode is going to be late next week. But we'll have an episode, so look out for it. Bye, guys. Bye.